Thank you, brother. If you guys want to go ahead and open your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 17, that's where we'll be tonight. Just one verse. Jeremiah chapter 17. Well, amen. It's good to be in the house of God on a Wednesday evening. Amen. I pray that we don't take for granted the freedom we have to come, to worship, um, to just gather together to read God's Word. Because a lot of people don't have that freedom. A lot of people are they're struggling with a lot of things in the world. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. But it's a blessing to be able to come together and worship God without fear and just the freedom that we have. And let's not take it for granted. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. The Word of God says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity and the blessing we have to, to gather together. Lord, we thank you for what you do for us, what you provide for us day by day. And Lord, I pray that we trust in you and that our hope is in you, Lord. And God, I pray that you just hide me behind the cross. Use me to speak the words that you'd have to speak to the hearts of people tonight. And Lord, just use it to draw us closer to you, Lord. God, above all things, I pray that you would get the honor and the glory for all that's said and done tonight. We just praise you and thank you and love you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as Brother Dustin mentioned, we all are aware the kids went off to teen camp. And it kind of got me thinking, um, probably two or three years ago, I read a book um, by Ken Ham, the fellow that did the, uh, the Ark Encounter and these things. And it was called The Gospel Reset. And he took a bunch of polls, and he did the numbers. And he came up, and don't quote me on, on the actual numbers, but it was somewhere around 80% of kids that come up in the church that once they leave home, the church is in the rearview mirror and they never look back. 80%. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. So when we read tonight about the drought, we are living in that drought now. I don't think anyone here would argue that a lack of love of God has had a huge impact on our, our lives in some way our country, and around the world. There is a drought. People are looking for something. People need something that we have, and we need to be sharing those things with them. So I'm hoping that this camp will do something in the lives of these teens. We were asked to pray for these teens. I hope that you've been living up to that commitment that you've made. Above that, are you trusting God that he's going to do something this week? The juniors are going to be going to camp in a couple weeks. Are we trusting that God's going to do something in their hearts and their lives so that they're not a part of that 80% that leaves the church when they grow up and leave home? I'm hoping that God will make a difference in our lives, in the teens' lives, in the kids' lives. I'm hoping in those things. But I can't imagine how folks feel around the world when you start talking about countries like North Korea and China who are very oppressive, they're closed, you can't just go in there and start preaching. Uh, 
I've supported missionaries for years that, that they go to China. They, they have to pretend they're having a birthday party, hide out in an underground room, and, and have lookouts watching for the police to come. And if they come, they throw on their party hats and like, oh, it's a birthday party. They break out the cake. Well, I was just got. How hard does that have to be to live in a world where you can't gather together and have that freedom to worship the God who gives us life, who gives us all these things? You think of the old Soviet bloc, the Eastern bloc. They're, they're not closed countries. You can go over there and preach. You can go over there and share the gospel. But those people, they're borderline hate God. They want nothing to do with him. I've talked to missionaries who had to smuggle Bibles in. Uh, Moldova, there was another country. I can't, I can't, I've lost it right now. But he would tear the panels out of his van, stuff Bibles inside there and drive them in. And then when you were out on the streets trying to talk to people, they'd spit on you, slap stuff out of your hands. They, they practically hated God. People are hurting. They don't, there's a void in their life that they can't fill. They don't know what it is. Those of us that are saved, we know that salvation through Jesus Christ and God, that is what fills that void, that hurt, that pain that people are looking to fill. Everything in the world that they can imagine that Satan can, can devise to draw attention away from God, they try to fill that void. But how do those, as a young man, I remember I was not saved. My dad, uh, he was a very difficult man to love and to get along with. He was very hard. And I remember growing up, and as a young man, I drank a lot, and I would think... What is the purpose of life? It's pointless. It's a waste. I'm doing nothing. I'm accomplishing nothing. Yeah, I've got a job. I've got a home. This, you know, the worldly things. But when I die, what's the whole point? Why am I even here? And there were some pretty low times in my life that that, that weighed very heavily on me. I can look back now, and I know exactly what I was missing. So how do these people in other worlds feel, or in other countries feel? People in this country, alone, despondent, scared, anxious, with everything going on, how do they live? What do they look forward to? What is it that keeps people going? As we read in our verse, we are blessed because we can trust in God. Our hope is in God. Now, I, I was saved much later in life. Has anybody seen the movie The Shawshank Redemption? So some people have seen it. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. It is a, it is a worldly movie. I can't recommend you guys use it for a family night movie. However, I could sit and watch that when I had cable TV. They would play it on, I think, TBS or TNT. They'd play it back to back. And I'd sit and watch it both times. Absolutely love it. One of my favorite movies of all time. And in the movie, there's two characters. They're having a discussion. And things get pretty heated. And one of them says, let me tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. Later in the movie, the main character comes back and he's like, hope's a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. Now, that's not Bible. The point is, our hope is is in God. 
He has given us life. He has blessed us far beyond what we deserve. Are we trusting in him? Are we hoping in him? We're praying for these teens over in the camp. Are you really trusting that God's going to do something? Is your hope actually in God? Or like me, like I've done so many times in my life, I think this is, something, this is meaningless, this is menial, it's, it's easy, I can take care of this. I, I don't have to pray about this, I just do it. And then make a wreck of it. Because we are sinners. We are weak, as Brother John preached uh, just last week. You know, we get that thorn in the flesh, something to just eat away at us. We are weak. But God's grace is sufficient. He is our strength. He's our rock, our fortress, our shield, our buckler, all these things. He is what we hope in. Are you really hoping in him or are you still relying on yourself? Are you still thinking, oh, I can do this on my own? Are you trusting God? Are you hoping in God? Now, if my study is right and my numbers are right, hope's used some 75 times in the Old Testament. It translates as trust, confidence, and refuge. And then 58 times in the New Testament, and it translates as an expectation of good, a joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. Well, the problem with hope in the world today is it's that dangerous type of hope. People uh, walk out the doors here, you go out in town, take a poll, you ask a dozen people, hey, if you were to die today, are you going to go to heaven? I suspect you're going to hear, I hope so, one or two times. Dear friend, I hope, I pray that is not the hope that you have for your eternal salvation. I pray. I hope that you have more trust in God that he gives you that no-so salvation and that you're not just saying, oh, I hope I am. People will go out to dinner. They'll get to the restaurant and they'll be like, ah, I hope there's not a long wait for, for a table. Or the car breaks down and you start thinking, oh, I hope this isn't going to be too expensive. Is that the kind of hope that you have in God? Is that the kind of trust that you put in, in, in your Lord and Savior? I pray that's not the type of hope you have, that you're not trusting your eternity to, I hope so. People put their hope in all kinds of things. Oh, if I could just get this car, man, things would be great. Oh, I hope I can get that car. Oh, I hope I can get that house. I hope I get that new job. They might bring... Um, some level of comfort, enjoyment for a period. But if that's what your hope is in, that's a pretty sad state. What are you hoping in? Those things can give you a sense of security. As a inexperienced preacher, sitting here Sunday night and pastor gets up here and Sunday evening and starts preaching about hope, and your eyes bug out and you look at your wife and say, that's what I was planning for Wednesday. I hope he doesn't preach on that. Those things, people will, will they, they get fixated on things of the world and devices of Satan that, that, that he throws out there. I never should have had that doubt or that fear. Because 
later, as I thought about it, really what that was is reaffirmation from God that what you're planning to preach is, is, is not out of my will. He, he didn't preach the same message, but what Brother John preached two weeks or the last week and what he was preaching on Sunday, and these things all tie together. But as a sinful man, I was still thinking, am I trusting in myself? Or, or and He's given me affirmation, and I'm like, oh, I hope that's not what he's preaching. When all along I should be saying, God, I trust you. Let him preach whatever he has to preach, and then I'll go with whatever you give me. And, and you're going to use that for your good, for our good. What are we hoping in? What are we trusting in? As Christians, we shouldn't have that that dangerous thing, uh, thought of hope in our lives. That's not the hope we should have. Romans fifteen thirteen. It tells us, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. We abound in hope because God. God provides everything for us, not just a provision as in food, clothing, a place to live, but he provides us joy, peace. He created those things. He is those things. He provides those to us. We shouldn't be thinking about the things of the world, and, 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 and no matter how dark things get, no matter how bad things get, we should have trust in God and hope in him that even through these trials, even through these dark times, these tribulations, he will bring um, all of those things will work together for good to those who are saved. If you're a child of God, everything that's going on, you don't have to be overly anxious or fearful about what's going on in the world. God will work these things out. Are you trusting him? Are you hoping in him? Or are you still trying to figure things out for yourself and say, "Uh, how can I fix this issue? How can, I, how can I stop the, the police riots and uh, um, the, the killings and the riots and, and all that? How can I be a part of fixing this? The sad truth is we can't fix it. That's got to be a change of somebody's heart and putting their trust in God and hoping in God. That's what can fix those things. Romans 12, 12 says we are rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Because we know that Jesus is alive, he, he is at the right hand of God, preparing a place for us right now. Through all these tribulations that we go through, he has gained victory over death, hell, and the grave. And if you've put your trust in him, he is preparing a place for you right now we don't have to worry about all of the things that's going on today we know that all of this will pass away it's only temporary but that true hope comes from God not anything that we can do no matter how bad the circumstances no matter how difficult things get how miserable how miserable would life be without hope We had uh, a missionary come through a couple years back, the church we were going at the time, and uh, it was in Southeast Asia, 
there was a fella, he got a Bible. He got saved. He was going to church. And Southeast Asia is hit and miss about whether they're open or not. And anyway, this fella, he got caught with this Bible, and they throw him in prison. So the guy's living in prison. Now, we're not talking you get three meals a day, you get gym time, you get yard time. You know, this guy, he was in a dirt pit, no light. They might let him out for like half an hour a day. He's using the bathroom right there, just miserable. All he wanted was his Bible. That's all he wanted. He, he would, what he had memorized, he would play over and over in his head. But he got out. He escaped at one point. He kind of gained favor with the guards. They started giving him some time to go and do some stuff, and he runs off. He goes, and he talks somebody into giving him some scripture. They come, and they find him again. They drag him back. All he had was a couple pieces of scripture. He said it, all he thought about was getting the Bible, reading the Word, and spending time with God. He wasn't focused on, am I going to get out? Am I going to get back to my family? All he was worried about was getting portions of Scripture. Do you have that type of hope and trust in God? Now, I talked about our freedoms that we have, that we can come to church and worship freely, and that's wonderful. I, I would never want to live anywhere else. But a lot of times we take for granted the fact that there are people around the world that don't have the hope that we have. They don't have the freedom to come, to hear the preaching of the word, to read a Bible. They don't have those things. How miserable would that be to not have those things that we have? And sadly, a lot of times, myself included, it's wasted. What are we doing with it? Are we serving the way that we should? Are we ministering the way that we should? Are we actually trusting God to do a work through us? Are we actually putting our hope and trust in him that there won't be that drought, that this next generation that goes to the teen camps and the junior camps, that God will do a work in their life, that he will make a difference so that we don't have more people around the world living in the type of fear and anxiety that we know is going on? What are we doing with what we have Miss Linda, I hope I don't embarrass you. Her mother just passed away. And I saw the post on Facebook. Praising God. Her mother just passed away. She's praise God. Why? People would look at her and say, You are crazy. What is wrong with you? Your mother just died. And you're praising God. And, and, almost happy about it. Why? I can tell you why. Because she's been given that joy and that confidence. She has that hope that's been promised to her that her mother is not in pain, that she will see her again one day. Where do we miss that? Where do we forget things like that and maybe it is that we take for granted the freedom we have. But people look at her and say, how can you be happy? When you're going through that low point in life and you're, and you're just struggling and you, and you go to work every day and you're smiling and you're happy and people are like, isn't your house, didn't your house just burn down? 
Didn't your dog just get run over? Why are you happy? Because God's good. He provides everything for us. And I know that everything here is just temporary. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. When those people ask Miss Linda, how come you seem so upbeat? Because God's good. I'm trusting God's word. I am confident. My hope is in God. I'm just using that as an example. I'm not trying to set you up on a pedestal, ma'am. When those without hope come and ask you, are you going to have an answer for them? Can you share with them what Jesus has done for you? Can you tell them he'll do it for you too? You just got to trust him. Put your hope in him. Romans 5, 1 through 5 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. This kind of goes back to what Brother John was talking about last week, that thorn in the flesh, those things that you struggle with continually, that you just that besetting sin that you can't get victory over. Are you still relying on yourself, or is your trust in God? Because His grace is sufficient. When we are weak, He is strong. He can help us through those. We can't. There's nothing that we can do or fix. So, on our own because we are sinners we do fail I love my wife dearly I fail her all the time I don't want to it just happens brother Josh talked about that just Sunday night sometimes I let her down it just happens God will never let us down he'll never forget us he'll never forsake us he'll never turn his back on us No matter how bad our life gets, no matter what comes, He is our comforter. He is there. He loves us. He cares about us. Are we trusting Him? Are we putting our hope in Him? Or are we still trying to do things on our own? And then another great truth that we read uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 19 says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Titus uh, chapter 1 verse 2 says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Everything that we're talking about that happens in the world now is temporary. That hope that we get from God, that joy, that confidence, that is for eternity. God has promised eternal life, that we can have that peace, that love, that joy for eternity. 
things here are temporary. Why do we let them drag us down? Why do we get caught up in those things? Oftentimes it's because we're just trusting that we'll figure a way through it, that we'll work it out. Well, I, ho I hope I can get this done. When we should be trusting in the Lord, putting our hope in Him. Oftentimes the things that we want to do or try to do may not be in His will. If it's not, there's no way you're ever going to get it fixed. There's no way you're going to make it right. Hope isn't something that we cling to in bad times or, or grasp for. Something that we try to hold on to with all of our might in the good times. Your hope should be in God all the time. You should have that joyful confidence in Him. Hope is something we, we trust in Him, we lean upon Him all the time. Knowing that in his time, His way, He'll work all these things out. A couple years ago, a um, friend of mine posted something on Facebook. I guess when Donald Trump was still president, there was still, I mean, every, every time he turned the news on, there was another riot, there was another looting, there was another killing. I mean, things were just, everywhere you look, was just terrible. And uh, she posted this, you guys know what a Venn diagram is? It's a bunch of concentric circles that show the correlation between data sets. So this Venn diagram, it had like police brutality, Black Lives Matter, rioting, um, support cops, you know, and just all the different stuff that was going on. And then right in the middle was a little circle, and it said me. You know, and all the circles are separating out there. You, it's okay that you have fears and doubts and that you struggle and, and, and wonder what's going to take place. That, that's normal. It's natural. But are you trusting in God that all of it will pass away, that will all be worked out in his time? Is your hope in him or is your hope in, in some diagram that somehow I can be a part of a solution to all these things? Are we hoping in God? God will work all these things out. Are we trusting in him? We sent the teens off to, to the camp. They're about halfway through that now. The juniors will be going in a couple of weeks. There is definitely a drought in this world today. Are you trusting God to do a work in the teens and the juniors? Are you trusting God that he'll do a work in your heart? Am I trusting God that he'll do a work in mine? Is our hope in Him? Are we leaning upon Him? Or are we still just trying to struggle and get through this life in the best way that we can figure out on our own? We need the power of God in our lives. This next generation, they need the power of God in their lives. My hope is that He will make it real if it was just one teen that got saved, just one junior that decided they were going to be a full-time evangelist or a missionary, or if there was just one of them that, that said, I'm devoting my life to God, I'll be a faithful church member, I'll come and I'll serve whatever way I can, and, and they don't do any type of full-time ministry. 
We need that. I'm hoping that God will, will make a difference in at least one life. I'm hoping that God will, will do a work in my life to, to help me to, to better myself that, that I might serve him more faithfully. Are we trusting in God? Are we putting our hope in him? A lost and dying world full of anger and violence and hatred. There is definitely a drought. And I'm praying that God will do a work. I'm trusting that he will. My hope's in him. Are you showing those people that are around you day by day that there is hope? Are you reflecting the love of Christ? Are you showing people that there is something better to life, that there is a meaning to life? We have what they need. And it's not, oh, I hope I get a new car, I hope I get a new house. Real hope comes from God. And are you sharing that with others? Are you showing that to others? Because everything we do, people watch us, they see and they want to know what's so different about being a Christian. And if we're just relying on ourselves, all they're going to see is somebody else just kind of walking the fence, living like the world. Are you showing people that you trust God and that your hope is in Him? What's your hope? What is your hope in today? Are you sharing it with those without hope? Go ahead and stand, please. Our heads, Miss Michelle, if you don't mind.